Welcome to our very first episode of Season 5 of the Fire Fresh Recruiting Podcast. In this episode, guest Neil Carberry, CEO of the REC, joins Gordon Webb, Director of Growth at Firefish, to discuss what talks of recession and economic uncertainty will mean for the recruitment industry in 2023. Make sure to follow us on social to stay updated about our latest live events, and leave a review if you enjoyed the episode. Afternoon, everyone. Um, welcome back to uh, Firefish Crowdcast um, of 2023. Happy New Year to you all. Uh, first episode of this year. Um, and you'll probably all be thinking, who the hell are you? <laughs> so my name's Gordon Webb. I'm the Director of Growth and Partnerships here at Firefish. And unfortunately, uh, Wendy's had to attend a funeral today, so I've stepped in to, to host this session. Um, however, we still have a fantastic guest with us today, um, the Chief Executive of the REC, uh, Neil Carvery. Neil, please, good to be here. How are you doing? Delighted to, to be here and welcome to what Anthony's already described in the chat as the Scottishest crowdcast ever. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, so lots to discuss today, uh, Neil. So I'm not going to waste any time. We've got 30 minutes to get through this session. Um, it's been a really popular session. We've got lots of people um, that have all signed up for it. So obviously the main topic of today is recession and what this recession basically means for the recruitment sector in particular and how this one might be different um, this time round. So I know that you've got some really good thoughts and insights on that, Neil. So I mean, just in, in general, in terms of the economy right now and the unemployment rates, what, what's your thoughts on that going into 2023? So I basically have two uh, big thoughts on this. Thought number one is a cyclical thought. It's about what's happening in the economy right now and what we might see this year. And yeah. thought number two is about how much of what we're seeing in the labour market is about the economic cycle, where we are now, and how much is about some long-term changes that we're seeing. And I think both of them speak to uh, us being glass half full about the prospects for recruitment rather than yep. uh, half glass half empty even coming into this year, uh, coming into this year. Definitely. So in terms of the cycle, right, we published our uh, December numbers uh, yesterday. Perm recruitment was down a bit. It's always down in December anyway, um, but it's it's been dropping for three months. That's a measure of it coming off the, what is a really fizzy boom through 22 you know lots of people on the call will have had really strong years in late 21 into 22 it's going to be a bit slower in the first half of the year of course it is um certainly employers are more cautious but there are signals in the market that uh perhaps um things aren't as bad as the narrative that's coming out of the city and the bank and so forth is uh, is uh, suggesting particularly around pace that inflation comes off, uh, comes off at, particularly around the challenge to household incomes. You know, if we do see wholesale uh, fuel prices on the trend that they've been on recently, mm -hmm. it's relatively likely that the that uh, the uh, uh, price of household energy will fall below the government's uh, cap protection level, level during the middle of the year. That again, to kind of slow the impact of consumers pulling their horns in. So we are seeing a slowdown in the mm -hmm. economy. Yeah. I'm very much of the view that what we're looking at is slow and low in 2022, but not massive reverse. So, and and what I've often done in the past, some people might have seen me a few years ago. I did a presentation with, with a kind of, to a graph with two towers on it and it's it's basically explaining what the best year in the british economy before the pandemic looked like since the war and what the worst year looked like and yeah. the point is when you look at 
them next to each other on a graph of not to, you know, however many trillion the UK economy is, you can't tell the difference from sitting in an audience between the two, two towers because, you know, it, growth it, it is just uh, the change in the economy at the margins. It is tough, but there's a lot of activity out there. There's still a lot of demand in the economy. Our, uh, you know, our survey in December still had vacancies rising. It's yeah. been rising for three years, still had pay rising, still had shortages. So I think we, we're slightly at risk of allowing the narrative that's out there about uh, the economy to over to overawe us. And actually, if you talk to you know, many people on the call, REC members, they'd say what they were getting from PERM clients before Christmas was, let's just wait and see what things are like in January mm-hmm. and look at recommitting. Not, we're not going to do that. So it's... It's unpredictable, but I do think that the upside risks uh, in the economy have been slightly underplayed by the commentariat. Yeah. Um, then, then the second bit, which I think is super important, is, well, what isn't cyclical? What is about the long-term changes? Let's be clear, we've got labour and skill shortage in the UK. Massive labour and skill shortage. And that is a, se- a secular change. It will persist for years. Baby boomers, large percentage, are... Um, uh, are gradually retiring. Um, we've got um, high levels of inactivity, which we need to, where we can tackle. And in fact, the REC has been doing some work uh, with the government on that. Um, but we're still looking at a relatively candidate short market. Now, if the economy is a bit weaker, candidates are a bit more available, but they're potentially less available than they would be in, say, the labour market of 2015, if we were having this kind of economic experience. Yeah. All of that speaks to a situation where um, client businesses are going to be um, under pressure in consumer markets. It is going to be a a tough trading year, but they're going to be short of people and they're going to be grasping for resources. Now, if you're a recruiter, that means there is business out there. Where I think the challenge is to us is do we have the right solutions to to deal with that kind of uh, that kind of client, but the idea that <clears throat> there aren't huge opportunities out there in 23 for recruiters with the right product mix, I think, is for the birds. Real risk of talking ourselves into recession. Um, real uh, opportunities out there, and as we come into January, I think actually one of the most important things for all of us is to focus on what might be possible and not to yeah. be dragged down by um, uh, by by some of the storm clouds outside the window. Yeah. And in terms of sectors, is there any particular sectors that you, you see being fundamentally different in or do you think it's going to be the same across the pretty much the breadth of recruitment? So there's some secular changes. So, for instance, retail tends to be at the bad end of the group of sectors at the moment because we know retail, you know, in per, it, bricks and mortar retail is shrinking as a percentage of retail. And that's taking jobs out. Um, we're seeing a little bit of concerning stuff at the front end of construction at the moment. Okay. But my interpretation of that is that's exactly the same um, uh, reason that we saw people punting jobs from November and December into January and February. Mm -hmm. You know, people holding off a little bit on investment. So I think if confidence comes back, that'll pick up. Um, The big one is IT, which is definitely, having not had a recession at all in 2020, been going gangbusters for years, and in many many parts still going really, really well. Cybersecurity, classic example of that. 
uh, but there are bits of IT which are much slower now. And that, I suspect, is just the UK catching a cold from everything that's been going on in the Valley. Yeah. Broadly speaking, most uh, sectors are um, following the trend, but with any secular effects playing out. So retail is a bit lower. Health and social care is really high, but we know why that is, is because we're massively short of workers in that in that yeah. sector. Yeah. And in terms of 2023, then, just as a, as a whole, in terms of as we go through this year, it's a really good time to be obviously discussing this topic because we're, we're right at the start of the year. But what's your thoughts on the, the recruitment space and, and basically just as a whole across this year? So I think um, we can expect, I, I expect the recruitment sector in the UK to grow this year. That's what our um, uh, recruitment industry trend survey, which was published in December, suggests. Um, not at the rate it grew in 2022, but then 21 and 22 are a bit odd years because there's a massive bounce back happening there mm -hmm. uh, from uh, the pandemic. I mean, temp largely bounced back in, in 20 and 21. Perm tended to happen more in 21 and 22. Yeah. I should say that temp demand is still rising. Yeah, month on month, uh, which is another sign that clients need people. That, and, yeah. and the flip to temp, which quite often happens when clients are uncertain, seems to be there. Mm -hmm. um, so if we're looking at sort of mid-single mid figures growth for the industry overall this year in the context of a flat economy, that's another year of the industry getting bigger as a share of the British economy. Where's that coming from? I think it's coming from doing more added value work, deeper client relationships, mm -hmm. getting up the value chain a little bit. Those businesses that I think are positioned to succeed are those who are not taking orders for cl from clients and fulfilling them. They're the ones who are thinking more about what can we do on the advisory space? How are we using our people to really add value, give high quality service, client responsive service, really strong client experience, good candidate journeys, because candidate journey is basically client service. Yeah. Um, and, and also, kind of thinking laterally about how you solve issues for clients, whether that is widening the talent pool, things like EDI, whether it is, have you thought about doing it differently? Here are some options across what you can buy, what you can borrow, what you can grow. Um, yeah. That is really, that when I talk about business with the right product mix, being able to do that for a client at the right strategic level, I think is a real insurance policy mm -hmm. for uh, firms it's the kind of stuff that you can do when clients aren't hiring as well so that when they do come to hiring they're coming back to you um it, it poses one big challenge which is do we are we sure our teams are uh, remunerated managed and skilled in the right way to deliver that professional service recruitment but i think those firms who are positioned to do that are, are uh, there's plenty of opportunity for them in 23 yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've certainly seen the, our clients in terms of scaling up last year in terms of the volume of recruiters that they've got. But I think just echoing the points there about in terms of the um, the way that the, the recruitment businesses having to, having to work differently with their clients and not just be order takers. We Again, we are certainly seeing that. The ones that we can see that are growing the quickest are the ones that really are building those kind of fundamental relationships with the clients and, and approaching it a little bit different and trying to think outside the box. So in terms of recruitment businesses then what what do you think in terms of how should they be changing their approach this year um to their clients and kind of just echoing what we're saying and and to provide that real value what, what should they be looking at and what should they actually be changing well i mean your friend of mine greg savage would always say talk to your clients when they're not hiring as well as when they are hiring so i i think you know getting close to clients and trying to work out what they're uh, problems are now or what the problems are going to be it, it, it is always a great starting 
point and it helps you get more strategic then the question is well what can we deliver as part of that have we got the skills um, and are we writing business that is genuinely taking our business our business forward so one of the things i say to smaller rec members who you know are are knee deep in the business hour after hour after hour to make the numbers every day every month every week every month is just give yourself half an hour or an hour to think about where you want the business to go to think about whether your top line is generating your bottom line yeah and to think about the things that will move your service forward and you get to spend half an hour an hour thinking about that every week as a owner operator as a managing director and then make some decisions from that and that could be a bit scary because it involves as some major rec members have walking away from some clients and just saying i don't want to write that business because it's it's not got the return but it also enables you to think about well how do I make sure my service levels are right? How do I skill my people? How do I reward um, uh, 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 reward people appropriately? And which markets do I want to play in? And then in those markets which are really tight, as Maxine's just commented here about filling uh, lower paid jobs in this market, and I agree the hourly paid uh, um, uh, market is really challenging and there is work for us to do. The REC, we've we've placed 250 people off restart into members last year in a pilot program and we're looking at um, what else we can do. I mean, the other thing there is what sort of, you know, how do you deepen your reliance, your discussion with the client about what they can have and what they can't have and essentially get them to make decisions that maybe they don't want to make in terms of change of product changing in production because i my view is that ultimately businesses will make those decisions and they'll either make them advised by us in the recruitment industry or they'll pay a load of money to a consultant to do it yeah and actually they'd be better off doing it working yeah. with a decent recruiter who you know like uh, maxine understands the local market yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people say during their sessions, it's, a, it's always a massive opportunity um, to be able to take advantage of things, make changes and, and look at things differently. So I suppose from a from a kind of technology people that side of things, where do you see recruitment businesses potentially investing this year in terms of to make those changes? So I think there's two bits of this and we're doing some work at the REC at the moment on future models of production for the industry um, and the role of technology versus the role of people and role of the consultant, how that changes. So that'll be quite exciting to come out in, mm -hmm. in, in, in the second quarter of the year. Um, recruitment is a technology enabled people business. Right? The value is created in conversations between people. Um, it's about getting the candidate and the client together and, and, uh, and bringing them to, to safe harbor. Um, but there's a lot of process in there as well. And it's that's where the technology enabled comes in. I think sensible uh, uh, recruiters would be thinking about what will the technology do? Because actually it can do it more efficiently than a human being. Uh, it can work 24 hours a day. So if the candidate happens to read the email at eight o'clock at night, they can book a call with the consultant there and then without the consultant needing to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and then the flip of that is, well, if if that's the work of the of the technology, the work of the consultant is much more about those added value conversations. I do think that piece around how we train people on the kind of complex advised sale that recruitment will become rather than a, a, a kind of more traditional 
high volume sale, particularly in in the areas in the in the lower waged areas of the uh, of the sector, away from kind of search techniques. I think that stuff about how we skill people up, how we reward people, um, how we incentivize people, what we think is important to a high performing recruiter, that's something that every recruitment business should be thinking about because yeah. ultimately you want more people in your business who can have a complex sales discussion um, because that's where the value from the people will come from. Yeah, and I suppose this is probably asking your opinion a little bit. <laughs> so, but in terms of during times like this, where there is a little bit of uncertainty, do you feel that recruitment businesses will still invest in all different parts of the business? Should they be investing in, in parts of the business, or will the, that nervousness carry through, and we'll see potentially less kind of change? Well, I think there's a risk here, and the trouble is, it, you're right; it's a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. It's about backing, kind of backing your judgment. Um, I remember in 2020, we were one of the first organisations to do an annual conference in 2020. We did it in early September, uh, entirely online. We had a panel of recruitment leaders. James Reed was on there, and I remember James saying, "If you want to hire for the recovery, go and do it now." Because if you do it in six or eight months' time, when you get there, there won't be the people available. A lot harder. And and that was true. I mean, if you go in the into the rec to rec market by the middle of 2021, it was tough, and you're paying a lot uh, by comparison to what you would have been paying uh, in terms of value in uh, the, the tail end of 2020. So there's something in there about. Yes, you have to be a little bit cautious in these markets. You have to be clear about your strategy and what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to build and very committed to it. But I think if you just make it an excuse to do nothing and just, in inverted commas, ride it out, mm-hmm. you might find you get to the recovery and you're not positioned for the upswing. Yep. That actually, I think, is the reason why British companies have tended to hold on to more labor in slowdowns in the last few slowdowns is the experience of the early 90s recession where companies overcut and then they were not able to take advantage when demand turned. Yep. So I think it's about having a narrow range of things you're trying to achieve and then really committing to it. Yeah, perfect. And obviously keen to find out a little bit about REC in general as well in terms of obviously we're moving into a kind of a new not new but a new way of doing things um, and it's just keen to find out how is the REC evolving in order to kind of work in this new world of recruitment if you like. <coughs> um, thank you for that apologies I am recovering from having had the call that everyone had last oh, yeah. week so uh, the coughs are very few and far between now but they do strike occasionally. Um, so if I think back to 2018 and the REC I came into as chief exec, what I'd say is I inherited a really good 20th century membership organization. What we're trying to do is build a really good 21st century support organization for recruiters. Broadly, it does three things. It stands up for the industry and makes the case for the industry to those outside of the industry. Think government, think clients, think media. Things like you know JP Morgan wrote a note for the city yesterday on the REC's billings data for December. So what the REC is saying about the market is being seen as a major driver of UK outcomes. That's why it's important we talk the market up, um, because it very directly is going into the city. 
but it's not just that. Best feedback we've had in the last couple of years was a member who said, your work in the media is changing my client's view of what they can get for what they pay. Fantastic. And a little bit for us in 23, a little bit of this is saying to government and to um, the and to clients that they don't live in 2015 anymore. Exactly Maxine's point from earlier. You know, we live in a labor short environment. Client behavior actually has to change. Government behavior has to change. And the REC's role in public is to start to shape that. We then also, alongside that, have to um, help the industry get across that bridge. So I've already talked talked about the work we do on new models of uh, production. Excuse me, uh, new models of production. Uh, we're doing uh, a range of other things. People should check out our uh, guide to future proofing your recruitment business, which came out back in November. Obviously, all the data we produce that helps you make a decision about which sectors to chase, what what the trends are. Mm -hmm. There's a whole range of things there set apart from the kind of core services around legal and contracting and keeping you safe. Yeah. That is really important and high compliance. I think that it is important that the REC membership means something. It stands for uh, doing things in the right way. And so compliance is a big part of that as well. And then the third bit is really just about how we make ourselves easier for recruiters to deal with. So um, little things like what can you self-serve with online? What can you find on our REC uh, we uh, website? We're in the throes of a property move at the moment. And we're moving out of an old building into a building which has things like broadcast facilities because so much of what we're doing now is about going to members where they are. So whether that's broadcast like this or whether it's our regional forums where we're bringing together 20, 30 members in a local area just to talk about the issues because what's really important is acknowledging that the REC membership is about what we can do for you and your business. But it's also about the community of recruiters in this country and making a case for recruitment as a profession, as a professional service. And that's a big part of what we do as well. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that change over the over the years in terms of recruitment used to be one of those industries where no one spoke to each other. But there's definitely been a massive shift in the last few years where there's lots of peer to peer groups now where people are collaborating and getting together and discussing what's going on um, in the industry. And that's really, really great to see. That um, thing about um, when, you know, years ago, people used to come to REC members, uh, membership meetings, brief to listen, but not to say anything. Yeah. And and. It was already changing before the pandemic, but I think the pandemic changed an awful lot. The industry worked really well together. Mm -hmm. If I was thinking about those sort of 11, half 11, midnight um, uh, calls that we were doing, trying to work out what furlough meant for temps, yeah. um, you know, because we, you know, we were working literally through the night to get something out for the, ne the, the next morning. That, what we found in that period was the barriers came down even more. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly for us as an organization, we learn more when we're in a room where members are talking to each other yeah. than, than if it's a theater style broadcast from us or questions from members. So the, that community thing is really important. I've just actually, my last meeting was uh, with, um, uh, was with our digital team because we're trying to work out how we do online communities. 
mm -hmm. uh, really effectively because that's the next step in our transition. Yeah, I think it's it's keeping that it's keeping that momentum going, isn't it? It's like it's like the whole work from home thing. Like it changed a lot for people during COVID, and it's now back to the debate: what's the best way to do things? And it's that it's great to hear that that I knew things were moving in that direction in terms of more peer to peer interaction. But if 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 it was propelled by COVID, it's now making sure that we keep that momentum and actually build on that and not let it then kind of just fall back to the way the way that it was before. So yeah, and I think I, I think especially in a year like this where you know we've been through three years where unexpected things have happened every year. Um, and now you saw from last week with the two speeches in the same place in the Olympic Park, which was very bizarre. We're in a long election campaign, <clears throat> yeah. So the the whole piece about regulation for the industry as well is up, uh, is up there as well as a big change. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think just we've covered a lot there, Neil. That's all fantastic and really, really, really good. But in terms of from key takeaways um, from today's session, what what would be the two or three things that that you would want anyone that's that's joined this session today to kind of take away looking at looking at the year ahead? Don't get persuaded by the gloomy media on the path of the economy. It is going to be a tougher year, but if your product mix is right, you've got a really ch good chance of having good, a good year. That product mix too is about understanding where your clients' pain points are now and how you can add value to, to their business um, with the kind of more professional services approach. And then <clears throat> thirdly, you know, the REC is here to help you and across everything that we've discussed it's important to us that as recruiters organization owned by recruiters um, run in recruiters interest that we make sure we're doing everything possible to make to, to make this a great year for our members and for the industry as a whole we'd love to have every me member fully engaged so keep coming to the events get online uh, the the conference in uh, July is going to be fantastic, and and I think deal with the industry with your head held high and your shoulders back because it comes to your point earlier, Gordon. Right, we're in a different world to twenty years mm. ago. I started recruitment in '99. This is a professional service. It's bigger than law and accountancy. I'd argue it does more good for the economy than law and accountancy. Let's let's deal with this industry with some pride. Because uh, yeah. I, I think that's really important. And having said that about Pride, I'm even going to forgive Maxine doing a team push in the chat. I love, <laughs> I, I love team, and we do different things, uh, for, uh, different things from them. And my advice is, you should join us both. Yeah, perfect. We we are team members as well, and uh, and I, I think that's a great way to sum some things up. It definitely is in terms of shoulders back, head held high, and also just to echo the the future proofing guide as well. I know that Zach's just put that in the link there. I mean, I've had a look at that, and a, and again, it's just a wealth of knowledge for for people out there. So that was fantastic, Neil. Really, really good. Can't believe it's the first time that we've we've had you. You've been in this role for happy, nearly five happy years. To come, happy to come back and talk to you anytime, uh, Gordon, just not after Hearts have just played Celtic, because I know what it'll be like. <laughs> I'd be nice to you, because I know the way the, the result would go there. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but, it really um, helps when your budget's ten times the opposition's. <laughs> that, yeah, well, we, we're always the same looking when we were going to Europe. It's always the same. But absolutely fantastic. Great to talk to you, Neil. Hope everyone's managed to get some, some really good takeaways from that session and uh, we'll be back next month it will be wendy hopefully back in the hot seat here um, and she's going to be hosting john brooks um, another uh, talking about pricing and recruitment so i know that a lot of people were obviously reviewing the pricing through
2022. So again, looking forward to this year in terms of what you guys should be doing with pricing. So thanks again, Neil. That was really, really good. I really enjoyed that. And uh, hopefully everyone got something to take away from it as well. Absolute pleasure, uh, Gordon. And um, the, the pricing session is really hot one. And again, I've quoted my friend, Greg Savage, you know, your list price should be your price. Yeah. Not, yeah. not, the, not your entry point. Yeah, definitely. And that's just on, just before I forget the date, it's on the 8th of February at the same time at one o'clock. So we'll, we send out the registration links for that as well. So thanks again, Neil. Really appreciate that. And thanks, Cheers. everyone. Cheers. Thanks for Good joining. Good afternoon, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.